Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Badwell. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in Job chapter 8, and it was verse 20 that resonated with me this morning. It says, Surely God does not reject one who is blameless or strengthen the hands of evildoers. Today's podcast is entitled, A Selective Backward Glance. I mentioned in a previous post some of the different ways people think and communicate, and I hinted at time orientation. Now, I hadn't given a ton of thought to this until earlier this year when Wendy and I began to really explore how time orientation affects our relationship and our communication. See, I have a very strong past orientation. I love history. When I was a young adult, really began digging in to understand myself, I began to dig into my family history. After all, I am a product of the family system into which I was born and raised. My parents were products of the family systems into which they were born and raised, and so on and so on. Human systems have certain ways that they function and operate that mold the lives that grow up in them. And it can be very generational in nature, the way these systems operate. So in digging into the past, I discovered a lot about both my family and myself. I often look back in time to gain clarity on my present circumstances. Now, Wendy has a very strong future orientation. She appreciates, I think, my love of history, but she also rolls her eyes at times when I geek out on it. Unlike me, she is always thinking 10 steps ahead with her internal radar because she knows that future circumstances will go much smoother for everyone involved if they are planned well, prepped for, and executed properly. And we have come to realize that some of our marital strife comes from the different time orientations with which we navigate life. But that is another blog post. In today's chapter, we find Job continuing to sit on the refuse ash heap in his off-the-charts agony, joined by his three friends. Now, his friend Eli insinuated that Job's suffering must point to some secret sin that caused the Almighty to punish Job. Job's response was that he was innocent, had done nothing to warrant his suffering, and challenged his friends, yeah, prove me if I'm wrong, what, what have I done? So now in today's chapter, his next friend, Bill, steps into the batter's box to take his swing. Now, Bill is a straight shooter. He is direct, gets right to the point. He takes issue with Job's claim of innocence and his anguished cries to the Almighty. To Bill and his theological worldview, this is a black and white issue. Your children sinned, God took them out, period, end of sentence. What follows is fascinating because Bill clearly has a past time orientation. He tells Job, look to the past, the wisdom of the ancients and ancestors, in order to gain clarity on his present circumstances. Bill then shares a Hebrew wisdom poem, kind of like going back to the teacher in Ecclesiastes and picking up part of his poetry. And the, the poem is about how the godless suffer the consequences of their godlessness. He then concludes in his black and white worldview that suffering is a spiritually natural consequence of godlessness. And if Job was really blameless, 
then God would restore Job's fortunes and his blessings. So I, I pondered Bill's words to Job in the quiet this morning. As someone with a strong past orientation, I quickly found Bill's argument to be ludicrous. Human history is a long string of stories about human suffering, punctuated by certain events in which suffering happened on a massive scale. Within those events are nameless, faceless human beings who did not deserve their fate. My mind immediately thought about my trip to the U.S. Holocaust Museum and the sight of all those shoes piled up just as they were piled up when their nameless, faceless owners were stripped and sent to the gas chambers. My brain then provided me with a face and a name from the past. Corrie Ten Boom and her family. Every other member of her family took off their shoes and placed them in that pile. Their only crime was that their love of Jesus and their desire to do the right thing led them to hide Jews in their home in an effort to save their lives. Her story of suffering in the concentration camp echoes with Job's anguish, and rightly so. So I'll do respect, Bill, but in telling Job to take a backward glance to the past, to the ancients and their wisdom, you have chosen to be carefully selective in your stated evidence so as to justify your simplistic conclusion. History is filled with nameless, faceless individuals who echo Job's anguished cry for the suffering and death they blamelessly endured. Bill, you told Job that his words were a blustering wind, but it is your simplistic theological worldview that seems to me as hollow as that pile of old, footless shoes. Hope you have a great day, wherever this finds you, my friend. Lord willing, we'll be back here tomorrow.